So let's continue to worship as we give our attention and focus and hopefully, hopefully our obedience to uh, God's Word this morning. In this Vintage Faith series, we've been walking through the brief letter of 2 Peter these weeks, 2 Peter 1. And we're exploring what it means to, to have, to possess, to live out a faith that is vibrant and uh, contagious, attractive to others. And this word vintage, you know, we've, we've talked about this. If you've been here, if not, it's great to have you with us this morning. And, and let me just say, if you're a spiritual seeker or you've got questions or you're kind of poking your head in the door on this Christianity thing and what it means to be a follower of Christ, uh, I commend you for your courage in stepping out today and being here. Uh, don't shy away from questions. Don't shy away from tough questions. Uh, ask your Christian friend, and if they can't answer, hopefully they'll, they'll work hard to get an answer. So way to go if, if that's you this morning. Um, th- but this teaching is here in this little letter of Peter because God wants us to increasingly, as Christ followers, those of us who uh, try to live out the, our, our relationship with Jesus day in and day out. He, he wants us, God does, to, to cultivate, to increasingly cultivate the character of Jesus and, and reflect the character of Jesus, the multifaceted character of Jesus in our own everyday life. And so today we look at the characteristic of perseverance. Reagan is our children's pastor's spouse. He often wants to be a part of the... No, I won't, I won't say that. I'm going to not embarrass him. See those pictures? This guy has gone through uh, military training. And he and Crystal were over uh, at our house in December. And he described for me what that was like. And in my mind, I said, I will never do that. So, briefly describe for What was your military training like? Um, so... Can, you, can, can they hear me? Okay. So, uh, yeah, so my, uh, I'm an armored reconnaissance soldier. So uh, I do uh, recce missions. So uh, we're usually the first people in. And uh, what we're trying to do is gather information on where enemies' locations are. So we'll use, like, drones or we'll use our vehicles with our surveillance equipment on it to kind of find out where the enemies are. So, uh, you know, sometimes we'll dismount and... Uh, try and find that information out. So that's kind of the gist of my job. But the training for that is uh, pretty extensive. Uh, so you start off uh, going to Saint-Jean in uh, Quebec, and you do three months of basic military training. And uh, that's where you learn uh, kind of the basic soldiering skills. And then after that, I ended up in Petawawa, Ontario, where I did my soldier qualification, which is where... Uh, you learn how to shoot a lot of cool weapons, but uh, it's also, uh, you know, a really, really hard, uh, difficult journey. Um, and then the last uh, phase is a DP1 phase where you have to uh, learn your trade of, of how to become an armored reconnaissance uh, soldier. So uh, through this, this took me about a year and two months, three months roughly, to complete. Um, and so it was a long process and it was quite taxing mentally, physically, and uh, had a, a big emotional toll because you can't, uh, when you're in the military, you can't, 
make your own choices. You can't uh, want to, if you want to go see a movie on Wednesday night, you're not allowed to do that. It's, it's kind of worse than prison, to be honest. Um, You've been there? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Didn't know that. That's another interview for another yeah, day. Yeah. Uh, so, but anyways, uh, I, I'm going to sp- specifically, uh, I guess, focus on one particular story. Um, if any of you have been in the military, you might have known this term called being bumped. And it's this idea that uh, they tell you, your staff or your instructors tell you, okay, tomorrow morning you're going to wake up at 0430, you're going to shave, shower, and then we're going to go do a physical exercise and then we'll carry on with the day. But being bumped means that you are sleeping and then they come in at an earlier time and then rush you to get ready and uh, go. So there was one particular time where uh, we were doing, uh, we were sleeping, and they came in at 2 o'clock in the morning, and they started banging on our doors telling us to get up. And so we proceeded to get up, and they gave us a list of all the things that we needed to pack. And they told us that we were going to be doing the first day of JTF2 selection, which, if you're not familiar with the term JTF2, that's our Canadian Special Forces so the elite of the elite, these guys are amazing dudes, like, and women. Uh, yeah, anyways. So we'd, we were doing that first day of selection. So we were told to pack certain things in our rucksack, which uh, kind of came out to be 50 pounds. And then you had your frag vest, which is another 15 pounds. And then your tack vest, which is another 20. Um, so you can do the math. It, it's getting kind of heavy. And then you have your weapon as well, and then your helmet. Um, and we were told to walk north and don't stop until we were told. So we walked for about 13 and a half kilometers. And then they said, okay, stop. Go into your rucksack, grab your uh, change into your PT gear. By the way, this is like minus 25 outside. It was really cold. So we had to strip down into our boxers and then put on our PT gear. And they said, okay, take your ri- rifle, put on your uh, your." TAC fest, which is called our FFO, our full fighting order. And they said, run that way until we tell you to stop. And so we ran and that way. they are with you? Or they're in a Jeep beside They're in you? a Jeep telling us, like, Warm you can, Jeep. Yeah, you can, you can uh, quit whenever you want. You know, they're drinking coffee. They're like, you guys can, like, be done whenever you want. It can be all over. But all of us kept going. And, How many uh, in the group? There was, well, at that time, we, we, we went down to, like, 18 guys. But we started off with 47, I think. Wow. So, yeah. Uh, so anyways, we, uh, we kept going, and we went for 7.5 kilometers with our weapon, uh, and we were running with our tack vest, so it's, it's extra weight. And so they said, okay, take that all off. You'll find a water jerry full of water, so it was a big like, uh, water jerry, that uh, you're going to find your first name on it, and you're going to take that, you're going to get in your winter kit, and you're going to push that until we tell you to stop. So we pushed that for... It felt like six hours, but it was, it was only 30 minutes. And we were leopard crawling. So what that is, is you get on your belly, you push the water, Jerry, and then you crawl. And for you 30 minutes. For 30 minutes, yeah. And then they told us, okay, get back into your, uh, your, or your gear, put, in, put on your rucksack. You're going to take that full water, Jerry. You're going to put it on this stretcher. And the four of you are going to take that stretcher with your rucksack, with, get, with everything, and walk back to base which was 15 kilometers back to base. So I had this, the, this uh, stretcher, all four of us, and we had one guy that was, wasn't on the stretcher, and we would alternate. But uh, I just remember just being, because I'm not the most physically fit person, uh, 
but uh, I'm, I'm working on it. <laughs> Donuts are good. But uh, yeah, so I like kept walking back to base, and none, none of us are like, I don't know, what you would think is extremely like an amazing physical shape. Like we're okay, but we're not amazing. So do you want... No, I'm just <laughs> That was inappropriate, I'm sorry. <laughs> so yeah, we walked all the way uh, to base, and I remember just, there was this one master corporal. He was, he was on, in the passenger side of the vehicle, just driving right next to us the whole way, just saying, you know, it can all be over, guys. It can all be over. You can just give up. You can quit. But uh, the thing that you learn is that, like, a warrior is not somebody who uh, can deadlift 500 pounds or jerk 300. It's somebody who doesn't quit on themselves mm. or on their friends. Mm. And those are the two fundamental things that you never give up. And uh, it's, it's not an option. And for me, it was never an option to give up. Mm. I never wanted to come back here uh, to see everyone and see my wife as a quitter. And uh, I was determined to uh, finish. So actually, my group was the first one to finish. Uh, we got back to base. And then they were like, okay, good job. You guys got back to base. So you have a decision. And you, you think you're going to bed. No, no, oh. no. <laughs> so you sit there. They say, okay, you guys were the first one to make it back to base. So you have a decision. You can go get all your buddies and come back with them and finish with them. And so we all decided. I was like, yeah, that's fine. We can sit here. But no, we went and we, uh, we got them, which was another, like, four kilometers. So then finally, after that, we got to the base. Everyone had finished. And then he's, the sergeant in charge of us was like, all right, so get into your PT gear and form up because we're about to do our PT session now. And we all looked at each other. like We were all just bagged. And uh, we did it. We got into our PT, and he's like, we formed up, and we were looking him straight in the eye, ready to go, and he said, all right, you guys are done. So we'd finished wow. it, and, uh, yeah, that was apparently the first seven or eight hours of JTF2 selection. So it's good to know that I will never do that again, so... And, and as you told that story at my place, I, I had already made that decision as well. Yeah. Uh, but what a, what a picture of this thing that we're talking about today, of perseverance. Of, and you referenced it a few times there, uh, of not quitting. Um, and uh, we thank you, Reagan, for, uh, for going through that to serve our country as a Side note, but not really a side note, really. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you for sharing with us. So, you've been thinking of quitting something? Like that hard math class? I help out with shinny hockey, fun hockey in uh, our city. And yesterday afternoon afterwards with these 13 to 17, 18, a couple of them are 18 years old and they're in university. And one of them talking about his calculus midterm this past week. And I, it just, just is beyond me. I, I, I think in a case like that, there's times when I think I would quit. And this story we just heard is, is probably one of them. And, uh, and yet so many of you, you're, you're, you're walking through stuff. And you're not quitting. Maybe some of you are thinking of quitting. Maybe you're thinking of quitting your marriage. Maybe you're thinking of quitting the serving area where you know God has led you and opened the door, but you've just been so frustrated, you just think it's time to quit. 
You're not sure God is saying that, but you're, it's going through your mind. Maybe you, you felt like quitting in your, in your journey of following Jesus for a variety of reasons. You think that quitting in whatever area it is is the answer because you're tired. You, you feel like you just have been beaten up or, you, or you've prayed a lot for your, for your friend to be healed and nothing. Just quit. Prayer. Maybe you're growing weary of praying for someone whose heart still seems as closed as ever. Maybe someone here has given thought to quitting by suicide. Reach out to somebody if that's you. And if you feel like you've got nobody, please, please, today, talk to me. Others of you have tried with with spiritually draining persistence to surrender your thought patterns to the Holy Spirit's leadership, but you found again and again that you failed with your pornography addiction, and you're just ready to quit. Somehow you think quitting and giving in would be easier. Hmm. Some pretty, pretty big stuff in our lives, in our minds, in our hearts, isn't there? And we're all made of the same stuff. God, through this Bible passage of 2 Peter 1, calls Christians to make every effort to add to your faith, faith that we talked about already, that you received by faith and by the grace of God. This series, these discussions of character development are not about earning favor with God so that He'll accept us. He's already made that offer of acceptance through Christ on the cross, right? That's clear? This is about growing and becoming like Christ in honoring God and reflecting His character in our broken world on the other side of making that choice and that commitment to be a Jesus follower. But Peter says to Christians, he says, add to your faith that you already possess, add perseverance, endurance, stick-to-itiveness. A professor of Bible, in Bible college used to put it that way. So let's read again this week the Bible passage that is our foundation for this study. And you can follow on the screen. Uh, um, I'll, I'll read out loud and you can just follow along. Second Peter 1. Starting in verse 1, it says, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle, which apostle just means sent one, and he, he was sent, representing Jesus. So, so, so uh, Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, have received a precious faith as ours. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. And we talked all about this in the first Sunday of this series. And if you want to hear this portion unpacked a little bit, you can go back to the first Sunday in February online and listen for any of the Sundays you missed in the series. Through our knowledge of Him who has called us by His own glory and goodness, through these He has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, 
having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, because of all of that that he just says, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, these things we've talked about in previous weeks, and to self-control, perseverance. And there's three more in the next three Sundays. And then down to verse 8, just as a reminder. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And again, that's a relational knowledge, a personal relational knowledge being referred to there. This letter of Peter was, was written to Christians who faced daily opposition and persecution. Living at that time without, without synchronizing your beliefs and your, probably more so your lifestyle patterns with that of the Roman Empire would have, in, would have required incredible perseverance. The original word we get, uh, the original word for what we get perseverance from can, can also be translated endurance and, and many times it is, but we don't need the Greek reference too much here to understand this better. Very simply, we heard it already, don't quit. It's the word from God, from His, from His written word to you today, quite likely, on something. Don't quit. Don't back down when, when, when God's enemy and ours is working hard to get you to quit in any number of areas of your life. There's another New Testament writer uh, by the name of James, and he says that the more committed we are to not quitting, the more we become, he puts it this way, the more we become mature and complete. Don't like that pathway to mature character, though, do we? James 1. 3 and 4, the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Trouble does that. Yay. If we respond well. James in verse 4, let perseverance finish its work. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be, here it is again, mature and complete and not lacking anything. I, I want to be like that. But I'm still a work in progress in that regard, as I'm sure you are as well. Genuine disciples of Jesus want that maturity. We don't want anything lacking in our character and, and, and persevering through all that life brings us, pr propels us forward in this journey of becoming more like Jesus in the way we live, think, speak, act, react, spend money, fill our calendar, prioritize relationships, all, all of it. We don't want to lack anything there. So, don't quit. Simple, the simple and singular message to you this morning. Don't quit. I'm going to highlight four specific areas, but the same do not quit message is what I want you to hear. It can be applied to any of these four or other areas that you will make that personal application. First of all, don't quit on your faith. Don't quit on your walk with Christ, on your relationship with Jesus. Young people, you're, you're not the only ones who can sometimes feel like giving up because of the, the mocking or the, or the peer pressure to conform, the peer pressure you feel at school to, to, to conform to a way of living that you know is not God's best for you. You're not the only ones that face that. 
Your, your parents do. It may look a little different, but, but that, that pressure on you, I, I know, is significant. It's hard. It's huge. We pray for you. We believe in you, that you can continue to be faithful and walk with Christ closely. Students that remember this phrase that I was, I was teaching a high school class as a youth pastor many years ago, and one of the students said this, and I've never forgotten it, because someone said it to him and it helped shape his commitment and perseverance. The world, the world has nothing that is worth trading for your eternal soul. It's the bottom line. Nothing. Don't, don't make that trade ever. Don't quit on Jesus. So I'll come after you. I might even bring Pastor Jeff with me. Lovingly, really. We love you guys, students. Listen to Paul's words of commendation to Christ followers who stood strong in the face of persecution that was a, that was a de- direct result of their following Jesus. They could uh, uh, walk away from persecution. They could, they could release themselves from that persecution by simply choosing to turn their back on Christ, but they didn't. First, uh, sorry, 2 Thessalonians 1, New Living Translation says, Paul, Paul writes to this church, Dear brothers and sisters, we can't help but thank God for you because your faith is flourishing and your love for one another is growing. The growing love was evidence, actual evidence that the flourishing faith was was a fact, right? Verse 4, we proudly tell God's other churches about your endurance and faithfulness in all the persecutions and hardships you're suffering. What, What an amazing thing to have said about you. You're flourishing in your faith. Your love is growing. You're facing persecution for, for identifying with Jesus. But look at you go. Look at you grow. And, and, and Paul was bragging about this particular body of believers from, from Thessalonica as he, as he traveled around from place to place. The other church leaders were already probably sick and tired of hearing about those Thessalonian Christians that are so good, you know? I don't know, just thinking. But way to go, Thessalonian Christians. I, I pray the same would be said about us, that we wouldn't quit, that we won't quit uh, on, our, on our walk with Christ, that we know that about one another, and that we'll sharpen each other, uh, that, that, that in our small groups, we'll, we'll realize that there's a possibility that someone in a certain situation could quit on their relationship with Jesus, but, but we're not going to let that happen. We're going to inspire one another. And that's, I think, what was going on in the uh, Thessalonian church there. Don't quit. Even if we were to face significant persecution. Miriam and I were talking just yesterday about this and some of the, some of the things we categorize as, as persecution in, in our world, and, and they are. You know, you know, you can always compare. You can always find something, something, something worse, I guess, but that doesn't minimize the impact potentially of the, what we're facing. But, I mean, just imagine the persecution that some of the believers even today are facing for following Christ, and so many of them remain faithful. Don't quit on your relationship with Jesus. Secondly, don't quit because of setbacks or failures. Last Sunday, Pastor Joel, who's away on vacation right now, had a windsurfing story. You remember, if, the, if you were here, uh, for his illustration about uh, in his self-control message. And as I listened, I was listening to him, but my mind it drifted a little. And I thought, next Sunday, I'm preaching on perseverance. I have a water sport illustration that will fit. I hope. And, and so, I love water sports. 
If you know me, you know that about me. I've, I've, never, I've never windsurfed, but I've done a lot of other things. Kneeboarding back in the day and, and wakeboarding and surfed behind the boat and surfed on the ocean a little bit. I barefoot skied. And some people say, well, doesn't that hurt the feet? No, that hurts the head when you fall and don't have time to shut your eyes. Um, but what I really love, and some of you know this, is I love slalom skiing. And so, so I've done a lot of water sports. The newest water sport I tried a couple of years ago was initially extremely frustrating for me because I didn't pick it up right away. Yeah, call, go ahead, call that pride. On our 30th wedding anniversary, we took a cruise. And on that cruise was something called a flow rider. A flow rider. Oh, that looks, that looks pretty easy. I could do that. Essentially, surfing on the back of a ship. So cool. Wow. Uh, I was shocked. I was surprised how difficult it was to catch on to that. Even after several sessions, over uh, a few days, I kept wiping out quickly. And, you know, had to go back of the line, just tick me off. I was, I was growing increasingly frustrated. I came back to the cabin, our, our little cabin there, one, one uh, probably about after the fourth or fifth session, and I was exasperated. I emphatically said to Miriam, I said, that flow rider is not going to beat me. That flow rider is not, and I, I was going on like this a little bit, uh, and was not going to have, it would not defeat me. I think I was trying to find a cure for cancer or something, but no, just the flow rider, but I, I was determined to not give up. I, I did have a moment of, ah, maybe I should just relax on the cruise. and That only lasted half a second, thankfully. Well, here, here's the story. I, and, I, and I apologize. You know, I, I was jokingly doing this earlier. I, I apologize that you have to see me with my shirt off. But here's the story in 25 seconds on the screen. Stop. 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 Uh, sorry. Sorry. That was, that was bad. I'm preaching on humility soon. But I, I, finally found, I finally found the shoulder and hip coordination working together and, and, and enjoyed it. But, I mean, come on. That's stuff that, that's life change type stuff for perseverance, isn't it? Well, not really. There's, that's a silly example. How has perseverance looked in your life? How has perseverance possibly been a missing ingredient in your life in some area? If you've been tempted to give up because of personal failure, because of sin, I point, as we wrap up this second point here, I, I point you to one simple but perspective-changing New Testament verse, 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just. Fair. How, how so? To forgive us our sins. How so? Because the justice was dealt with on the cross. Thank you, Jesus. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just, He's fair to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all, all unrighteousness. I mean, that's, that's huge, my friends, because, well, 
I've had to visit that verse many times in my life, and I'm so grateful, so grateful. Jesus didn't quit on me. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to quit on him. That's huge because it's because we are cleansed inwardly that we get to walk in relationship with the holy God. And so some of you need to embrace that truth today, I'm sure, and, and have an honest talk with God. Even now, if this applies and you drift off to conversation with God the rest of this message time, you feel free. Some significant stuff can happen in a prayer of confession and honesty about sin and turning to, to not give up but to depend on Jesus and depend on the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives to move forward. Don't let setbacks, failure, or sin be the reason you quit. Thirdly, don't quit because you don't see results. Don't quit because you don't see results. Do not let the, the, the often the seeming lack of results be the reason you quit. Now, this could be applied in various arenas of life, but I want for a couple of minutes to speak specifically um, to, to Christ followers who many of you, I know, have, have and do invest a lot in a particular area of ministry that, that you feel God has led you to or that God has opened the door for you to engage with. But I also hear the frustrations and the disappointments and the, and, and the tiredness sometimes. But the evidence, or the, the, the evidence of, of, of your influence that you like to see, the, the desired outcomes have not maybe been there. They've, they, they've been underwhelming, possibly. And some of you have experienced this in some Christian ministry or serving involvement uh, or, or you will at some point in the future. At times, I've, I've faced this, definitely, in ministry life over the years. But remember, unless, unless God says we can step away from that ministry, we, we don't. We don't. You don't quit until Jesus says so. Gives you permission. This is an application of the key phrase from our Bible passage today. Make every effort. Not, not, not to be saved, not to, not to get into heaven. All the effort needed to be done was done by Jesus. Please, let's be clear on that. But make every effort to grow in your character, in your, here, perseverance. Story to illustrate the power of perseverance in Christian ministry. American missionary Adoniram Judson Arrived in Burma in 1812, known, at that, uh, known now as, as Myanmar. He died 38 years later. And Judson suffered greatly for the gospel in those years. He was imprisoned. He was tortured. He was kept in chains. He had personal uh, difficulties and grief. After the death of his wife, Anne, his, his partner in missions, he became so depressed for several months. All he did every day was sit beside her grave. Three years later, he wrote these words. He said, God is to me the great unknown. I believe in him, but I cannot find him, he wrote. Wow. That may deeply resonate with some of you today. Fortunately, this, this missionary's faith sustained him, and he eventually threw himself uh, back into the tasks which, which he knew God had called him to. He, he worked feverishly on translating the Bible 
for the Burmese people who, who had no scripture. He completed that task some years before his death. Now, statistics, they say, are not real precise, but it's said that there were only somewhere between 12 and 25, 12, not 112, not 1,000, 12 and 25 professing Christians in the country uh, when Judson died in 1850. And, and there were no churches. This guy gave his life there for the gospel. How he must have questioned his work. How he must have questioned his call. Did I, did I miss it? <laughs> Some of you have done that. Well, fast forward to the 150th anniversary of the translation of the Bible into the Burmese language, and missions uh, professor and author Paul Borthwick was addressing a group that was celebrating Judson's missionary work. And just before he got up to speak, he noticed in small print on the first page of that Bible the words translated by Reverend A. Judson. Ah, huh, cool. Borthwick turned to his interpreter, a Burmese man, and asked, well, what do you know of this man, Adoniram Judson? The interpreter, Matthew was his name, he began to weep. He, he began to weep as he said, we know him. We know how he loved the Burmese people. We know how he suffered for the gospel out of love for us. He died with no earthly possessions, but he left the Bible for us. When he died, this interpreter said, when he died, there were very few believers, but today there are 600,000 of us. And every single one of us traces our spiritual heritage back to one man, Missionary Judson. But Mr. Judson never saw it. Huh. That sucks. Huh. It's not about Mr. Judson, is it? If he would have quit, this great spiritual outcome for the Burmese people may not have been the case. Don't quit. Don't quit if it seems like nothing's happening as you work for God, as you reach out to your neighbor who doesn't know Christ, as you, as you show in, a, in, in loving, uh, gracious ways and, and share in loving, gracious, respectful ways the, the message of Jesus and who He is and what He did and what He's done for you. Don't quit on that work that Jesus calls all of us to every day. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, I believe with all my heart, is at work. He is at work in hearts through your loving service to God and to others in your workplace, in your family, sometimes the toughest place to do it, right? In your neighborhood, in the school where your kids connect, in the, wherever it is, on the sports team, in your science class. Don't quit on the work God has called you to do in children's ministry, in greeting kitchen work, providing coffee so that people can connect better. It's true. If you're not a coffee drinker, sorry, you're missing out. Just saying. <laughs> don't, don't quit. Oh, there's a, there's a time to step back and re rejuvenate and, and reshift, but, uh, reshift, I said. Um, 
and, and, and listen to the direction of the Holy Spirit in all this is, of course, the bottom line. But don't, don't, just, don't just make lack of, well, I'm not making a difference. Be what makes you quit. Fourthly, finally, don't quit because of life's challenges or trouble. The New Testament word perseverance is most often used to refer to this steadfast and unfaltering endurance in adversity, facing trouble without giving up. Dominant topic, dominant theme in the New Testament, many of you know. And there's good reason for that, because in this broken world, in case you didn't know it, there's lots of trouble. Jesus even said there would be. I, I love that Jesus was honest. And knowing some of your stories. This is all too real. This is all too real. And over my years of pastoring, it's very sad to have seen too many times Christ followers walk away from their relationship with Jesus because of difficulties, because of pain in life, in a, in a broken world. That happens. Our response matters. And the rest of our response to that, to that person, to our brother or sister in Christ walking through it, that matters. And I love to see the body come around each other. And I see it regularly in the context of this church family. And it's a privilege to journey with you because of that. Other reasons too, but it's awesome. Some of the stories, especially coming out of small groups in this regard, is just, just powerful, inspiring, Christ-honoring. You're keeping another Christ follower in the game. Love it. Way to go, church. There's good reason why Peter says, add perseverance to your faith. In a blog um, in last year, a blog called Eternal Perspectives by Randy Elkhorn, in that blog he discusses why God allows suffering in the lives of his followers. And he writes about how mountain climbers could make it to the summit. They could save time. They could save energy if they reached the summit in a helicopter. They don't do that. Because the ultimate purpose is conquest, not efficiency or lack of sweat <laughs> or even lack of danger. Right? They're not interested, mountain climbers, they're not interested in shortcuts because their attitude is, what, this mountain will not win. This flow rider will not, it's different. Flow rider is much safer. But re reaching the summit is the goal. But they'd rather do it in a way where they know that they're, they're going to face challenges. They'd rather do it in a way that they realize that they're going to be tested but that's okay because in the testing, they know that their strength is going to be developed. They're deepening their character, their experience, their discipline, their resolve. So many good outcomes, really. Alcorn continues writing and reminds us that in our spiritual lives, he says, only in cultivating discipline and endurance do we find satisfaction and reward. And those qualities, he says, are most developed through facing Hardship. Oh, all of us wish there was a different way on that, but 
just not, not so. The Apostle Paul, Pastor Paul, wrote a lot of the New Testament under God's direction. And in 2 Corinthians 6, he wrote, We patiently endure troubles and hardship and calamities of every kind. And, and then he, he goes on to list some of those things. We've been beaten, put in prison, angry mob, work, uh, work to frustration, or work to exhaustion, rather. And, and he goes on to name a few more in that passage. And then again, he hits this same topic. He's honest with the Corinthian Christians about what he's faced and what some of them as well have faced. A few chapters later, he comes back to it. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 11, he lists more things that required perseverance, prison, being whipped, uh, time without number, he says, facing death, beaten with rods, shipwrecked, stoned, and that involved actual rocks, not green leafy plants, just to clarify. Um, but he's telling, what a life, but what an example of a Christ follower. And then he gets, this is interesting, I, this caught my attention a couple of years ago, uh, and I know I read it before, but... Um, Maybe season, in, season of life, some scriptures can just jump out at you stronger than other times, right? Many of you know that. He gets to verse 28 of 2 Corinthians 11, and, and this may seem strange to some of you, or maybe not strange is not the best word, but um, maybe, maybe a, a bit tough to grasp, and understandably so. But, but Paul says, then, beside, besides all this, all the things he's listed in 2 Corinthians 6, and all the things he's listed in 2 Corinthians 11 about how he suffered, for the, besides all this, he says, I, I have the daily burden of my concern for the church. <laughs> wow. I, interesting. And for all, for him, for all the churches that he gave oversight to, I, I get that. Pastor Gary gets that. Don't quit when you face trouble. Too many great life lessons. And wow, this is easier for Marlo to say than to live out. Just saying. Too many great life lessons and growth opportunities can, miss, can be missed if, if, if we quit in the face of adversity, right? In our newsletter emailed to you this week, and if you're not receiving that, please let us know. I asked you to think, in preparation for this message, I asked you to think about a situation where you wanted to quit, but you intentionally chose not to. I asked you to think about some of the factors that contributed to sticking with it, to your decision to persevere. And so, again, I, I wanna, want you to revisit that in these moments of conclusion today. I want you to identify in your mind, maybe write them down, I don't know, but think about some of those things because the application question of, well, how, how do we persevere? How do we, how, how do we, how do we actually add perseverance to our faith and to our character? It's a crucial question. How do we cultivate this um, uh, won't-quit attitude and approach to life? How? I believe it comes down fundamentally, foundationally, and primarily to a recognition of some biblical truths that we need as Christ followers to intentionally choose to believe and embrace daily, sometimes in certain days, moment by moment, to embrace in our minds and our hearts, which will affect how, how we respond in situations uh, like we've looked at this morning when we could be tempted to quit. And here they are. We can persevere through anything when, first of all, when we know God's got our back. And, my friend, He does. Don't doubt it. Don't doubt it. 
He's there. He will always be there to strengthen, to sustain, to lift up, to provide, to bring peace instead of anxiety in your heart. It's a great trade you can make, Philippians 4. Uh, he'll be there and, and has been there to intervene miraculously. He will, uh, he will help you persevere with His strength, and you can be confident in that. God's got your back. Please know it. If you really believe that, perseverance will be more will look like more of, a, of, a, of an actual possibility for you. God's got your back. He's for you. Secondly, when we recognize that we're called with a purpose and, and give ourselves fully to that purpose, what is, what, is, what is God's purpose for my life? That question, I think, can go sideways for many Christians because they, they think in grandiose, what, what they imagine is grandiose things. And, and sometimes that, that, that happens. Some of you are, are in a place in influence uh, and ministry or work that you never imagined possible because you just you trusted God along the way. And so I'm not discounting that. But the starting place for that is the words of Jesus, His great commandment. Love God, love people. If you do that well, if we do that well, that's God's purpose every day for my life. No matter what I'm doing, no matter where I'm living, Love God, love people. When we recognize that as His purpose for us, perseverance will be more, seem like more of a possibility than it may today for you. And thirdly, when we see the big picture. We can persevere through anything when we hold on to and really believe in the fact that there's a bigger picture than what we see in this physical realm. A picture that includes... The reality it blows my mind as I read the Bible about what it's like. And I don't think it, even the, the Bible can really fully you know, convey what, what, what heaven will be like, what being in God's presence in heaven for eternity will be like. But that is the Christ follower's future and eternity. That'll help us. Recognizing, embracing that reality of eternity in heaven with God will help us be able to walk out perseverance in our life. When we know with whom we're running and when we know why we're running the race, perseverance will be a growing character quality of our lives. It will. Clear perspective is important in all of life. And these last three things that I just highlighted will help to bring clear and biblical perspective in your life, no matter what's going on, no matter what you're facing, no matter your doubts, your questions, your anger, your fear. Take these three things. Ponder them prayerfully this week. Pray with me. Father, I thank you that you sent your son, Jesus. Jesus, I thank you that you persevered and you went to the cross with perseverance for us. There may be somebody or more than one person here this morning who has not yet made the choice to be a Christ follower, to build a Jesus-based life, to, to, to have Jesus at the center and core of how you live and guiding your life. If, if that's a decision you want to make today, recognizing that God loves you so much that He sent Jesus to take care of the, the penalty for sin, which was death, 
declared before ever sin existed, Jesus stepped in to die for you so you could live free and eternal. That's a simple way to say it. There's more discussion. But you know what? In this moment, if, that, if you want to choose to follow Christ, recognizing what Jesus has done for you, just say this in your heart right now. Jesus, I give my life to you. That's it. That's it. That's not all that you and God need to talk about, but that's the starting place of an eternal relationship, of a personal relationship with a God who created everything we see. He loves you, my friend. And you can step into a personal, eternal relationship with Him now by that simple, heartfelt expression. Jesus, I give my life to you. Lord, I pray that would happen in this place today in the hearts of people. Those of us that know you and want to walk with you, help us to live out. Help us to move forward this week in this whole thing called perseverance. Guide us, strengthen us. May we look to you and your word and other believers to propel us forward in adding to our faith this God-honoring and life-shaping characteristic of perseverance. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.